Steve Vines, welcome back. Thank you, and good morning. And as, good as morning. People say Hello, this good time morning. Of day. And bo- right, good <laughs> and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. Yeah, great to see you. Um, I'm assuming that you've been keeping abreast of all the stuff that's been going have, on here in avidly, the funny pages. Even, even though I was not here, I, I you know, I, I can't, can't keep away. But I, I have to say that that even though I wasn't here and I wasn't there when it happened, which one? Uh, well, this business with with Her Majesty the oh, Queen. Brilliant. How cool is now, that? I mean, Oof. you 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 remember that? Uh, or oh, listeners, I mean, sure, listeners remember everything. But but even I remember that apparently Britain and China are undergoing a golden age. They're best of friends. Golden age, mate. And in the golden, golden age, yes, that's, well, this is uh, it. Must be true because not only did the Prime Minister, but the Chancellor of the Exchequer. Um, oh, sorry, I've, I've misquoted it. It's a golden era, not a golden age. I'm sorry. Um, they said that Britain and China are undergoing this golden era, and that emanated from a visit last year to Britain by um, our great leader Xi Jinping. Right. It now turns out because a cameraman um, was hovering in the background where when but he uh, wasn't hovering it was it was a really steady shot well, it was a steady <laughs> shot and he is actually the official cameraman so there, there were various reasons to believe that all of this is true was taking a picture of of her her majesty greeting the um london commissioner of police who unusually in london is is a woman as it so happens and um she was telling um the queen about the visit and mm. and trying to deal with Chinese officials and how awful they were. Uh, and um, uh, um, Mrs. Queen then said to her, oh, yes, they're very rude, aren't they? <laughs> now, the whole point about the Queen is you're not supposed to know what she thinks about anything. You know, you don't know what she thinks about prime ministers, the fact that she thought Margaret Thatcher was overbearing and impossible to deal with. Nobody knows that. This is brilliant. <laughs> Queen quotes. <laughs> Queen quotes. But, but, but you actually now have it on camera. And it does tell you something. Um, other than the sheer delight of, of the tittle-tattle, which I have to say there is a vicarious pressure in that. But it does tell you something about the relationship between Britain and China, because you've got, on the one hand, you've got the, 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 the political people, the Prime Minister, the Chancellor, the Exchequer, desperately seeking this, this so-called golden era of relations. Golden, wonderful, fantastic And, and of era. course, that is read in Beijing through an entirely different set of lenses. They think, oh... They finally come to accept us, right? They will now shut up and do what they're told. <laughs> uh, uh, so when they bring their security officials in, for example, yeah. and this is what the, this conversation with the Queen started about, and they he's going to say goons within the next ten seconds. I'm not. Just I'm, not, so I'm going to restrain myself. Okay, um, they the uh, commissioner of police was explaining how you know they were trying to make arrangements for visit, and and it was just impossible to deal with them because they came in with the attitude of. You're, you British now will do what you're told. Would you like to hear this? I've got it. Well, we could. You mean a clipette? I've got a clipette. He's, he's introduced... Oh, I'll just have a listen to him here. Here is the Yes, I was the uh, Gold Commander, so I'm not sure whether you knew, but it was quite a testing time for me. It was, uh, I think, at the point that they walked out of Lancaster House and told me that the trip was off. I felt uh, 
Very rude to the ambassador. Very rude to the ambassador. Crummy <laughs> recording, but what do you expect, considering <laughs> yeah. the bloke was supposed to have it switched yeah. off? I mean, as I say, to the ambassador. You, you know, the idea that, 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 that anybody should know what the Queen really thinks is, is interesting. I mean, she's been on the throne for 60 years, and she, she's rather clever at not giving anything away. But this is a, this is, is this, this a real, have you, you know, this is a real... First, isn't it? It is a and, first. And, and, yeah. But come on, Steve. I mean, everybody knows that cameras have microphones. Yeah, is this a I, bit of? I, well, no. But the point was that this pl- is actually the official Buckingham Palace cameraman. Yeah. Uh, and what he does, the way they do these things, is they send out the raw tapes to various news organisations because they're not allowed in. The other news organisations aren't allowed in. Yeah. And so they, they're supposed to just use what they're supplied by the palace. And obviously... He accidentally, on purpose... In, in editing the what tape it? before it got, got sent out. What was it that Prince Charles called them before? Decrepit old waxworks. Yes. Yes. Well, that was during the handover incident. Or something. Was that the word decrepit? Yes. Was that the word he used? Yes. yes. <laughs> or old ghastly or decrepit old waxworks, yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's you, you know, the Windsors, the Windsors and the royalty of the People's Republic of China maybe not getting on too well. I don't, frankly, think this will end up making that difference in the great order of things. But You bet it will. Ka-ching. Gives, well, there's the ka element, but I think even that... You know, Britain has a very stupid idea that if you Cameron has a stupid idea, or Britain, Cameron. Sorry, I'll take that. I'm just, uh, you know, no, no. I mean, Cameron has a stupid idea that that you you know when you go around appeasing dictators and and you say to them, I'm not going to say anything nasty about you. We know you're a dictator, but but you know we'll focus on trade. And they're going. A bunch of puppies. Yeah, we'll tell them what to do, and yeah, we'll bang them a few deals. What's but basically, the- basically, it will amount to a string of beans. Who is going to remain as um, China's biggest trading partner in the West? Oh, that's right, America. Who is the most vocal country in criticising human rights in China? Oh, yes, America. Oh, is there a, yeah. they're in for some loving if the Trump gets the job. No, no, but what I'm saying is, it doesn't. In the end, trade follows trade. Oh, it's it money. It's a different it, budget. It, it doesn't follow how far you, you manage to lick a pair of shoes. And the Brits, I don't understand why the Brits don't understand this. They're going through a... Let's just say it wouldn't, we couldn't call it a golden era right now if, if, if all the news we're reading coming out of that country is anything to go by. Well, you know, there is, there is the small matter of an economic slowdown. There is a small matter of, of, of literally hundreds of thousands of people. Oh, you're talking about Britain. I thought yeah, you were talking yeah, about yeah, China. Yeah, well, both, really, but Britain particularly. <laughs> no, but in China also, you know, if you're looking for, to, for, to China to be the great engine of growth in the world, you also need to understand that although the Chinese economy almost certainly is still growing, it's almost certainly not growing to the extent that the official figures from Beijing claim. There's an interesting article on EJ, which I can't find because I've only just thought about it, where the commentator, I don't think it was you this time, the the commentator said something about, you know, economically, blah, 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 um, but they have a very primitive legal and and governance system. Well, this is always the problem with dictatorships, is, you know, they can have sporadic great spurts in economic growth because the state can control the economy in ways that free societies... They cannot do it. But ultimately, the, the, the forces of nature, which is also called the laws of economics, catch up. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't keep pumping money into the system. You can't keep centrally controlling the system and think that it will forever expand. It just doesn't happen. Gravity exists in China the same way as it exists on every other country in the planet. How do you see this then, just as a 
hey, the Queen said something, or, or something more than that. Well, I mean, it is something more, because it's so rare that she says something. What it a is conversation to have more... as well at a garden fete. Well, I mean, she was meeting the Commissioner of Police. The commander who was in charge of that operation. No, I think... Was she? I mm. thought she was She's called Commander Dorsey. Oh, oh, I see. OK. Not Jimmy Dorsey. So she was talking to her about something which invo- involved a royal visit. I don't think it's that surprising. Yeah. Because... Oh, um, I suppose so. No, I think, you know... I mean, the Queen is a master of small talk, and and she will find out. You know, she'll, she'll, an aide will answer, answer your Majesty. Uh, this is Mister O'Shaughnessy. He's Irish. And she'll go. Yeah, mm. I understand. Mr. O'Shaughnessy, do you like potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> but, Steve, it, over the years, in the great stories, maybe weddings and Diana and this, that and the other, it's always the things the Queen doesn't say yeah. and those close-ups on her face where she gives you the eyebrow. Yes, yes. And you well, know that, she's really that, angry that, about it. That, that's why I say <laughs> she never actually said anything about Margaret Thatcher. But there well, was a lot it, you of, see. There was a lot of facial expression that, that, that told a what, story. What, what do you know about her relationship with Tony Blair? Because in those, in those movies that we see that star Michael Sheen and stuff, you always think it's a slightly goofy relationship. You, Un- you, uncomfortable. Well, all I can tell you is, and, and many people think this is surprising, apparently she's always had better relations, with the exception of Churchill, with Labour Prime Ministers, than she has had with Tories. Now, it's you might think... It's an odd thing to say, isn't it? It is an odd thing to say. I mean, apparently she really liked Harold Wilson, for example had a very good and, and close working relationship with him. Apparently she, she got on pretty well with Jim Callaghan as well. What she doesn't get on well with are these these people, I suppose, who are more similar to her. I think that may Margaret be... Thatcher, well, about Margaret Thatcher, I suppose, isn't back. more similar. But, you know, I mean, Mar- Margaret Thatcher used to talk about herself in the plural the same way as the Queen does. She always used to say, you know, we think this and we think that. I think the Queen's sitting there going, oi, I do that. Oi, not that's you. my line. <laughs> not you, not you. Do you think it was just nail files? It was a bit of a bitch fight. I think they weren't hitting it off. But, you know, she behaves in a professional way. What about uh, Blair, though? Because, you know, that was know. When, when she did yes. that. It's been an Annis Horribilis. Yes. Well, I don't know. I mean, she owed Blair big time for digging the royal family out of the brown stuff Over. in the wake of um, Princess Diana's death, where it was clear that the, 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 the palace had no idea how to respond to this, whereas the people were responding big time. And it apparently was Blair who went over there and said, look, you've got to do the following, and it worked. Yeah, you know what... So she probably does feel, did feel, I she suppose... She probably liked him. What amazes... That there, what, was a, there was a paycheck... Not a paycheck, there was a... There was a payoff. A payoff yeah. to be... What amazes yeah. me always is, though, I mean, Blair was the absolute platinum boy... Mm. And then there was Iraq, all erased, null and void, back to the drawing board. Well, not board. only that, but I mean... With since, the British people, I Well, mean. with the British people, and since he's left office, this sort of rapacious um, travelling around the world as, as a chief highly paid apologist for the, most, the world's most disgusting people, and that's not playing too well. No, not you, at all. You, you notice, incidentally, that in, in, in Britain at the moment, and I don't want to bore people who aren't British with this, but there is a, some sort of referendum campaign going on about whether Britain should remain in the European Union. The one political leader of any note who is not making a prominent appearance in this campaign is Tony it's Blair. Tony Blair. <laughs> because he, he favours remaining in the European Union, but the so-called Remain camp think that he would be a toxic addition. This is... <laughs> I mean, they, they brought back, for example, David Miliband, who, who was the former Foreign Secretary and famously didn't become leader of the Labour Party. They brought back John Major, who was a former Conservative Prime Minister. They brought back all sorts of people who were big players in British politics, bar one. 
Tony Blair. I reckon who the person- made one speech and it wasn't in the context of their campaign because they don't want him. I'm wondering if the person to watch on this topic right now and another one is possibly Boris Johnson. Well, I think it's it's dead simple. He wants to be the Prime Minister. He wants to be the Prime Minister. (laughs) You know, he's the sort of Regina Ip of British politics. I mean, she has one agenda, which is Regina Ip. Boris Johnson has one agenda, which is Boris Johnson. And he... um, I don't think that's a totally accurate comparison, but there you go. He's he's the better-looking one. (laughs) Nicer hair. Nicer hair, yes. Uh, uh, And a longer vocabulary. But um, other than those factors, but he, he also happens to be bilingual which so is so is regina but there you go um the other thing which is interesting about this campaign is that the people who started it i.e the the cameron government keep saying it's not about politics so you know what that's about it's all about the survival (laughs) of the current tory leadership if britain votes to leave the european union Cameron is dead in the water, I would say, almost. Do you think it will? I mean, come on, let's play. I, think let's play. I, I, I hate doing this because the vote's in June. And I know, I know, I know, I know. But you've lived wrong. through the ups I, I, and the downs yeah, of my, this. I, I, my guess is that Britain won't vote to leave. But if they do, or even if it's close, if the vote is close... Cameron is... Well, is, Scotland is, votes is, to leave. Scotland votes to leave. Well, well, well Scotland is... I, mean, I think that's one part of the electorate you can be sure of. The Scottish are very pro-European, so I don't think there's any, any scintilla of a doubt that, that, that in Scotland the vote will be to remain. But in, in the general vote, if it's close or, or if um, I'm, I'm wrong and people do decide that they want to leave the European Union, Cameron's dead in the water, so incidentally is the chance of the Exchequer. So... <laughs> Um, Jezza for Prime Minister, do you see that happening? Well, he does, he does, he does, young Boris. I mean, you know... No, Jeremy. Oh, that's also possible. I mean, you know, we're we're in a world where political certainties should be thrown out the window. Hmm. I mean, all of those of us who said, you know that bloke who runs that bizarre TV... a show called The Apprentice. He's not going to become prime. He's not going to become president of the United States. I think we're on Defcon Two on that one well, right now. Exactly. So you've got to be very, very careful what you fear for, not what you hope for these days. But this happens time and time again. I'm sure years gone by, people would say Ronald Reagan, the actor, Except, president. Well, it's true. Now that's that's a fair comment. But the the point about Ronald Reagan was that he actually managed to mobilise. In, in terms of the, the United States system, he actually didn't become the enemy of the Republican Party in the way that Donald Trump, who's going to be the candidate of the Republican Party, is also the enemy of most of the leading members of the party. I mean, that's, that's new territory. That oh, really is, is whole, new territory. whole new game. Yeah. One thing I've always been puzzled about, I mean, I was only a kid when Ronald Reagan was the president, so his, relu- no, his refusal to help out in South Africa, did that really sting? No, I don't think it did. I don't think And he it was did. basically an, he was a party. Well, he was he, he he I mean Ronald Reagan's political positions are are not not things that stand up well in history, but he was, you know, he was the great presentation man of politics. He oh. really was. All right, you got it. We'll come back in a bit. We'll try and get back on topic after the news. <laughs> if you want to get in touch, it's Morning Brew at rthk.hk. And no messing around. No messing around. Go no. on, all yours. Well, let's talk about this um, really terrible reflection of um, official, unofficial and political prejudice. This is all about the school that has been in Tunmun for many, many years and was about to... Sorry, I've got it the wrong way around. Has been in South Lantau for many years and was about to move to Tunmun 
and in fact will be moving to Tunlon. And the point about the school is it deals with troubled children, some of whom have emotional difficulties, some of whom have behavioural difficulties. Stuff you can't quite write on a prescription form. No, exactly. So it's, it's complex, but, you know, it falls into that category of really, really terrible things called mental mental problems, mental illness. Now, Hong Kong has a problem with dealing with that. I mean, there, there was a survey a couple of years back by the EOC that found that something like 70% of people who responded to it would not tolerate their children going to a school which had children with any kind of mental I wonder problems. what they do when they're asked why, seriously. Well, exactly. I mean, most of this is ignorance. Some of it is ignorance and prejudice which are anyway very closely related first cousins Mm. but a lot of this is is just sheer stupidity in this case you had the headmaster of a neighboring school saying oh well he didn't want to expose his children to to to, 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 yes drug 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 addicts sex addicts and something else you know i mean just deplorable deplorable behavior but just in case you thought that wasn't bad enough, the usual bunch of scumbags who, who occupy political parties, uh, local, local politicians, all of whom, I have to say, are in the pro-government camp, including Regina's party and the DAB, huh, who would have known, jumped on the bandwagon supporting this sleazebag headmaster who has now apologised but said in his defence that there was a <clears throat> communication failure there was actually <laughs> there was a communication failure we all understood all too clearly what he was talking about and then he blamed the education department for wrongly describing the school well the education department under Eddie Ng is is not a paragon of good governance so if you want to blame them fair enough but the fact of the matter is this man is a disgrace this isn't in rule and the books, people though. no he's a disgrace the scumbag politicians who jumped on his his bandwagon are a disgrace and the fact of the matter is that I think Hong Kong has a problem with mental illness. There's a very high level of it in Hong Kong and a very low level of treatment, not least because the hospital authority <clears throat> puts very little resources into the care of people with, with mental problems. I mean, there was a statistic from two years ago, I don't know if there's a current one, that said that if you want to make a appointment in a hospital authority outpatients clinic for any issue that relates to mental problems, you have to wait for about eight weeks. Which, I mean, reflects the fact they've got a shortage of staff. But if they've got a shortage of staff, that means they've got a shortage of money being allocated to this specific problem. Hmm. So you've got large numbers of people walking around with depression and other forms of not necessarily severe mental problems, but certainly troubling ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they either won't go for treatment because they're so frightened of the consequences, other consequences, losing their jobs, blah, 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 Mm. or they just... They, they, they apply to the hospital authority for an appointment and they're said, oh, well, you know, you're, you're at the back of the line. We've got more serious people to deal with, some of whom have cut their fingers. So, you know, that it compounds itself. And in the background, of course, you now have this terrible news about the rising tide of, of, of student suicides. These all come from people who are very troubled. And the attitude here towards mental health is just appalling. You know, it, it isn't treated like another illness. It's not as though it's not curable. It's, it's, it's absurd. Most mental ailments are, like most physical ailments, capable of, of cure. But you have to have a, an environment in which people seek treatment let's and a- that the cure is available. Let's ask ourselves why. 
this could be the case. Is this another example of what happens when you live in a bubble that's got lots of money? Well, some of it has lots of money. I don't... I honestly don't know why it is. I mean, to change attitudes on these things, you really need encouragement from the top. I'm not always in favour of saying that, that the top has to be... You, you trickle down. But, I mean, if there was... An official the government attitude. can't tell us to do everything. No, 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 that's entirely right. But if the government um, changed its attitude yeah. towards helping people with, with some kind of mental conditions, it would set a better example and, and provide a better backdrop but for it, dealing with this. As it, as it happens at the moment, it's largely official indifference. Oh, well, we don't want to talk about that. We've got, you know, one road, one belt to talk about, or one belt, one road. I can never work out that's which actually way true. That's quite at the, that's t- at the top. So, you know, it won't cure it. It won't make people um, change their attitudes overnight, but it can be done. I mean, in other societies, there are much better attitudes to people with some kind of mental condition. And, I mean, everybody, I, won't, I guarantee to you, there isn't a person listening to this program mm. who hasn't come across Correct. somebody with depression or with some other... Actually, these are quite damaging ailments, yeah. usually untreated. That's very worrying to me. Mm. The school thing's interesting because if we can't quite... If we can't quite put a, a, a title on what's wrong with somebody, it scares us. Yeah. You know, somebody's a bit it's wayward. It's the unknown and the... You know, these kids have been in trouble at school. Lots of them had behavioural problems. But, you know... That, yeah, that happens. Uh, 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 and the idea that it's a bit like influenza, that they'll go and meet catch the, the kid in school next door and they'll, they'll, they'll immediately um, assume behavioural problems. I mean, this is, God, this is See, beyond pathetic. You're so right, Steve, but I guarantee you this isn't going to go away. I don't think it is going to go away. But, I mean, I think the more people talk about it, at least some of the idiots should be shamed into silence. That would be, that would be a start. Do you think they have been? Well, I think that, as ever, the glare of publicity is helpful. And the, the, the mini-storm that, that, that uh, erupted over this particular incident, I think, in the end, has been positive. I mean, even the weasels in Legco managed to bring themselves to vote for granting the money for the school to move. Mm. So that will actually happen now. So, you know, it, it's, it's, a sort of, it's a sort of little tiny step forward. Not a step forward, I would have to say, that's been taken at, at Hong Kong University. That's where you know, posher and more learned people go. Where, where you've had this scandal over a chemistry professor who was accused of um, mis- uh, producing misleading results by, by another academic, who she then, because the university has a policy, almost unbelievable policy, mm-hmm. of telling... <laughs> While they're undergoing an investigation of telling the whistle, telling the person accused of who is their whistleblower, so they can take retaliatory action against them, she then promptly sacked this other professor for having blown the whistle on her. It was then, it was then found that in fact he was right. She had you know tampered with the results, and he was reinstated. Scientists He's, don't tend to make things up. Yeah, well, mm, mm. <laughs> actually, having said that. Mm. <laughs> Some they do and some they don't. I mean, they don't, say, think, they don't yeah. think that. No, no. How's that? Anyway, but 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 the whole this whole saga. I mean, he he then said, "Well, I'm you know I don't want to make this about me, so I'm not going back. I'll I'll go and find another job." Which you know he's right in a sense to depersonalise it. Yeah. But it does it does bring up the whole question of why there isn't any legislation in Hong Kong to pro- to protect 
whistleblowers. I know it's complex, <sighs> but there was an attempt a couple of years ago by Sid Ho to introduce a bill. No, well, to, to raise this uh, as a topic that needed to be addressed. Yeah. And guess what? That was voted down. How would it be done, though? Well, think I think about- you can... You can um, and other jurisdictions have done it. It's not, we're not in uncharted waters here. There are levels of protection that you can offer to whistleblowers. Not in the States there aren't. I'm well, sorry, I'm just having a flashback to all of that stuff. Well, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's very interesting that the newspaper who's been most vociferous in, in condemning whistleblowing in Hong Kong is the same paper that, that and I won't mention any names, but it is in the English language, that, that, that gave acres of space to, to um, Snowden, Edward Snowden, who is probably one of the biggest whistleblowers in, in American history. Hmm. So apparently it's all right for you to disclose, you know, US security information. But if you do it in Hong Kong, you're, you're, you're lower than scum. I, I, I'll, I'll have to ask how that... Different budget. How Different budget. Oh, and possibly a different department. Yeah. Yeah, so that explains it. Oh, sorry, I got so that move wrong. On. Move yeah. on. Next. How would, how would, how would Sid's, lo- lo- you know, the thing... Well, how, I think how what, would that what, work? what you'd have to establish to, to obtain protection under the law is that what you did was in the public interest. That's it, right. And you would have to also um, establish that your your intentions were... And you weren't just dobbing somebody yeah. in. So, you know, I mean, take take the famous example, and there was a film about it, of um, the guy who dobbed in the, uh, the, the the tobacco companies. Yeah, The Insider. The Insider, yeah. Jeffrey Wigand. Yeah. God, your memory's good. Um, now, you know, he clearly broke his contract of employment by revealing information that was privileged information with it. He was a tobacco executive, in case anybody's forgotten. Um, But what he did show was that the tobacco companies were not only aware of the addictive nature of tobacco, which I think everybody's kind of understood now, but but also its damaging health effects, and lied about these things consistently and over a very long period of time. So he... um, (laughs) So I'm going out for a fag. But um, he, um, he, he, at the time faced prosecution by his employers. At the time, um, there was very heavy pressure on him. Cracking movie. Go and watch it. And now, yeah. of course, he's a hero. Yeah. You know, it's funny. But whistleblowers he... at the time have a pretty tough ride. Horrible. And then, you know, after a while, people say, well, thank God, you know, he was there to tell us these things. Didn't we have a similar thing over SARS? Fellow who alerts that that, that, that it's been right. going on That's for a long right. time, and yeah. then these suddenly these yeah. you know these guys become piranhas. Yeah, it, indeed. You know, I mean, it's it's over time that 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 history treats them much better than they're treated at the time. So the idea that you should have some kind of legislation, to my mind, is a good thing. I know it's not simple, but you know we're in a society here in Hong Kong where the, the parameters of freedom of information are narrowing, yeah. where government disclosure of what it's doing is narrowing, and where, you know, there is a lot of scope to keep people quiet who are in a position to reveal information, which is indeed in yeah. the public interest. You know, something else here, when, when it comes to things like chemistry, biology, physics, chances are that somewhere down the line that research is going to impact on human beings. Yeah. So perhaps that's a caveat. Well, that's a caveat. I mean, you, you, um, in, in the Hong Kong University case, um, the uh, Roger Wong is the guy who's the whistleblower. He said, well, you know, there's public money involved in this research, therefore... If it's public money, it's in the public interest. That that's true, actually. You know, 
I, I think that there's all sorts of things going on. You know, look what happened. <laughs> I'm sorry to go back to the airport again, but, you know, the yeah. to our number one Carpenters fan in, in Hong Kong, the chief executive. Look what happened to the bloke who blew the whistle on the whole baggage saga. I mean, he he was sacked. Yet, you know, there was a public interest in knowing about this. So there are many instances people have their own examples Nice to see you, to see you nice. Steve will be back next week at the same time. Maybe.